like can you hear me now yes great oh thank god like we were trying for like 15 minutes <laughs> it was the <laughs> my airpods i put them in in it yeah, yeah. i was like no nah, i must be at earphones or something yeah. I, I even tried to go outside for signal but i was like no excuse me this is not the signal it's so clear right now that i can hear you so well oh great. good okay hey guys welcome back to mel talks today i'm with danny danny say hi hey guys so basically uh, we had so many topics to pick from but we came to a conclusion to talk about christianity and yeah we can go from there um so the question i was gonna ask is why do you think young people like don't want to go church no more why do you i have my own reasons but it would be nice to start off with you and having a different opinion um okay i'm gonna say why i feel like i'm a bit struggling with my faith yeah then i'm gonna go on to like why i think other people yeah i feel like for me my issue stems from um i feel that a lot of the times in especially growing up in the kind of church we grew up in yeah church where culture was put before anything else yeah and i feel like with having culture put before anything else it can sometimes dismiss certain things that we're going through and it can make us feel like you know they don't care about what we're Mm -hmm. we're doing they don't want to see that you know where you know we're living in this environment they just care about what's going on back home do you get it so yeah. I feel like that conflict along with you know life you know going through certain things and mm-hmm. feeling as though like nobody like you're not good enough and no more kind of thing yeah um, I feel like it all stems together to make you kind of not want to go to God yeah. does that make sense yeah so yeah. I feel like that's mainly why I felt some kind of way towards the church or I have been Mm-hmm. because of those reasons yeah. yeah you I feel like so obviously you already know my church and everything like mm. we used to go all the time my mum would wake us up to go all the time this is when we was younger obviously growing up in that things change and whatever and it's mm. not that I stopped believing in God because it's like now people are like oh you don't go to church you don't believe in God all of this stuff not I'm not gonna lie I did lose my faith along the way because it's like stuff kept happening it was like why why are you trying to do this to me why not anybody else but then it's a thing where um acceptance also comes back to it because it's like me i'm quite different when it comes to certain things yeah and i can't help it so like i'm that person who's quite i'll say if i have something to say i'll say it or the way maybe i come dressed or maybe my piercings or just my physical features and people would look at me in a certain way like um are you sure you're meant to be a child of god with everything like do you get it and it was a thing that's like people kept saying it to me so i was like um if i can't even be accepted inside the church and we're meant to come as we are then i'm not gonna come anymore and people would be like oh you don't have to listen to people i understand that but at the end of the day we're gonna have to i'm gonna have to see them anyways and they're gonna be looking at me a different type of way type of thing do you get it so that's the reason why I personally stopped going. Mm-hmm. I feel like, as you just said, I feel like the main issue is the way people treat each other yeah. within the church. Do you get what I'm trying to say? I don't feel like faith is a lot of people's issue or like mm-hmm. believing in God is people's issue. I feel like the way they get treated mm-hmm. in the church, that makes them feel as though they, they don't feel comfortable coming to church. Yeah, and come to church, yeah. Then they lose the faith along the way but you know i feel like if 
I feel like the issue is many of us are like our parents found the faith for themselves mm-hmm. as they converted from whatever they were before and they found Christ for themselves being born into the church it can sometimes be very difficult for you difficult. to find God for yourself because it's no, like yeah, it's been forced definitely. down your throat kind of thing yes. and I feel like when you're in a church or you're you know you're in a church and it's like people aren't treating you nicely it makes it hard mm. for you to even set you those foundations to, yeah, to even get to a point where you can have a relationship for example relationship with me with God. Yeah. for example with me um for a long time i equivocate like i was comparing or equate like equating um mm. going to church with my faith yeah. do you get it and yeah. it wasn't until I kind of left the church scene and lockdown happened and I began, I began mm-hmm. to work on myself that I saw, okay, okay, yes, church is important, but having a relationship with God, with church God. doesn't matter. It has to be something exactly. between me and God. And I feel like many young people find that out once they leave the church and then yeah. they get to a point where they try to do everything in their power to be power. able to have a relationship with God without mm-hmm. having church. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, that's where a lot of people kind of because they feel like they can do it by themselves but sometimes it's difficult to do by yourself if you haven't set those foundations yeah that is exactly that you were supposed to have from church you get it so Mm -hmm. it's a tricky one i'm saying i agree with you so much even like you know if you was to come to church especially our church Mm. guys we're sdas by the way so this is like ghanian churches but it's not even i don't think it's just ghanian churches i think it's across the board yeah well i I think last time i think i came with trousers one time and they were like oh you know girls can't wear trousers to church i said who said that i was so confused that's the culture that's the culture coming out that's what i'm saying it's like why is it like that why can't we come to church to like we're not coming for people we're coming for god Mm. exactly we're coming here to hear the word and you're there looking at somebody because they're not dressed in Mm. all this stuff that you want us to dress as it's like what do you know i think it stems from i remember cam meeting i think two years ago i asked this question right so imagine me i asked the virus coaches for a big deal at can we big thing they're so scared to answer questions like that you know i'm telling you why are you trying to challenge us like i asked the man yeah yeah they always think everything is challenging trying to go against your culture like (laughs) they all they don't like people that challenge them like they see it as like aggression kind of thing like you're coming from a place of disobedience so it's just like everybody's thinking it i was just the one that happened to come and ask the question with more than enough because you're a question and you want to yeah because i want to know like it's like 100 because i want to have these answers so if a person from the outside is asking me these questions i have answers do you get what i'm trying to say so i asked this question yeah and you know i feel like everybody in the room was a bit like oh damn like you know she had the <laughs> yes. voice to ask oh she's coming out with questions now <laughs> and me like the kind of person that i am like i want to ask those questions for the people that like everybody's thinking these things but everybody you know in christianity especially everybody wants to look yeah. their best wants to look you know like they're yeah. conforming that they're doing everything but i feel like that's where you don't get everything out of church like you should ask the hard questions you should have the you should ask yeah. the questions that keep you up at night the ones that you're confused about that's those are the questions that make you stronger in the faith stronger with christ mm-hmm. because not everybody can answer those questions so yes. i asked him the question and at first he acted like he acted like he didn't hear me so then i asked it again of course so then when i asked it again the interpreter 
he must have been like okay cool like this is her question like answer it then he gave me an answer that was nothing linked to what I was talking about to what I was saying yeah because they don't want to mm-hmm. answer questions like that mm-hmm. they don't so then after that it was the sort of thing then I was like I'm not gonna lie like everybody in the, everybody sitting there was like yo like he didn't answer the question so then you know even the interpreter was like yo G you didn't answer the question so question. I repeat the question and then the interpreter tries to you know give his little mm-hmm. explanation and he gave a far better explanation than the pastor or whoever was in front because I feel like the person just didn't mm-hmm. know the answer and I feel like a lot of the issues with us being SDA or any church that is cultural kind of based as well the issue mm-hmm. is that you know for example like they were telling us the history of SDA where you know when SDA people came when Ghanaian SDAs anyway came here you know they mm-hmm. they had to worship with like the Caribbeans and you know the white people and stuff and it felt like to them yeah. they were unable to interact or be a part of the service because part, yeah they had totally grown that. up in Ghana where church was you know you go you go to a school you go do this and that path yeah yeah I feel like they missed that so I feel like with bringing the Ghanaian you know community of SDA like you know making our they call it gap or something like that or making our community it was like a, a safe space for SDA people to come Ghanaians to come anyway and be mm-hmm in a community where you know you're bonded by your heritage to you get it and you mm-hmm. you have the same values and all of those things you know what I'm trying to say and I feel like even though that was a good intention I feel like it's getting lost like the purpose of it was to give a safe space so that we're able to yes. because of our heritage but now what's happened is our heritage has become like the standards and then the faith has become behind that you get it? yeah so there's a lot of things I that, agree with you so much there's a lot of things that you know they say don't do but you feel like it's an sda thing but then you do your research and it's not an sda thing it's just a guy that's thing. what i'm saying like even um sorry to cut you off even um yeah. when they said you can't have i think it was seafood mm-hmm. or or i forgot what it was but someone was like oh you can't have seafood when i was eating that i was like why can't we have seafood i wanted to search it up and it wasn't giving me a proper answer on why we can't have seafood they just said don't have seafood but why though honestly why can't and i feel like the issue and i, I don't think, i don't want to just speak about sda because it's an issue yeah, yeah, that yeah, i've yeah. kind of seen because i've kind of gone to see Pentecostal how that's about you know I've gone to a few other you know denominations yeah I do try to go to different churches but it's a thing where it's like I don't know what it is but it's like because I know SDA yeah it's hard to leave that if I go to a Sunday church I'm like oh this is quite different yeah absolutely like they get up they sing, you're comfortable. Yeah. But why is it different on a Saturday? And when people ask me, oh, you go to church on Saturday, why? I do try to explain to them why we go to church on mm-hmm. Saturday. But it's like, they're quite confused. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, well, I'm sorry, I can't help you. Then if you don't know, do you get it? Yeah, I feel like it's a thing of, like, yeah. like like, um, for us, the reason why it's so hard for us to kind of try to go to like Pentecostal churches is because yeah. SDA and Pentecostal are like, on the opposite spectrums when it comes to certain things, praying, yeah, their preaching, their offering, yeah. everything is different. That's what you I'm know, saying. They're different. Talk, like them speaking in tongues, you know, him, clothing. Yeah. There's a lot of things that are different. Like our doctrine different, is yeah. completely different. And I feel like because 
like with SDA, most of us are raised to be in the church from like get to church for summer school at like at like six something. You don't yeah. get home till like six in the evening. You spend the oh whole God, day at like, church. Why is that though? I was so bored. <laughs> I'm so bored half of the time. There's nothing to do for the youth. Like mm-hmm. our church, they'll be like, yeah, we want the youth inside the church. We want you lot to do stuff, but you're not giving us mm-hmm. stuff that we want to. Stay. You're not giving us things that we want to stay Absolutely. in the church. You get like you're taking away like our choirs. Not even our choirs, like our Sabbath schools and like where the kids sit down, we have our time. They've taken that away. So expect what do you expect us to do? Sit there and do what? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm I hundred percent agree. And I feel like when we were younger and we were kids, it was because we're kids, you know, we're excited to be at church, we're excited to be around our friends. And I feel like when you're younger, they they care a bit more. Like they want you to be learning the songs, they want you to be writing down the sermon. But then when you get to that age of okay, you're a teenager but they don't want to call you an adult and you're just in the middle <laughs> it's like it gets to a point where it feels as though you're just there to keep the numbers up and mm-hmm. you know and i feel like that's when the youth and the adults kind of clash because it feels as though the youth don't feel as though they are getting let's say the um, the food. nourishment or the food, yeah. the spiritual food they need to be able to begin mm. to grow. So mm-hmm. then they feel like, okay, this sermon doesn't apply to me. This doesn't apply to me. And I feel like, as much as the youth we complain, like let's let's look at it from both sides. I feel like um, the youth have things or habits that we've developed that hinder mm-hmm. us from making a relationship with God. And the goes, adults yeah. also have things that you know they're failing in for example with the youth i feel like on our our end it's like you know sometimes we're too quick to give up sometimes we're just like yeah oh they did this i can't be bothered now i'm not gonna work on my relationship with god it has to be sort of thing yeah yeah that yeah. happens that happens to me a lot Let me and it's like lie. you're doing yourself a disjustice by doing that you're not doing the church a disjustice it's just you yeah, exactly. you get it because you That's should not center your relationship with somebody because of an establishment, because of a building. I'm not gonna lie, I do. Do you get it? And I feel like that's what a lot of the youth are doing, where they're displacing their anger that they have for certain people inside the church on God, which is wrong because Mm -hmm. even though they're in that building, everybody has the things that they're battling with. Everybody has the issues that they go through because we're all humans, we're all gonna go through judgment on our day. You get it? Mm -hmm. We're all coming together. That's a good point, I like that. Yeah, but we're all coming together to worship and to get better with god and you know to grow within yeah. the faith so that one day when he comes again we're able to go with him so you have to think of it like for example you know like think of it like a hospital that's what my dad always said like he's like think about church like it's a hospital you know like everybody's coming there with their illnesses or their whatever like equivalent mm-hmm. those to sins or whatever that they're struggling with mm-hmm. or you know whatever they're struggling with like when you're in a hospital you're not looking to a patient to help you get better yeah. you get it you're not looking to yeah. whoever obviously yeah the pastors are there they are the people that let's say are equipped to be you know let's say the nurses but ultimately god yeah, is the doctor yeah. you get it and mm-hmm. if you're not allowing yourself to wait in the waiting room until he's able to get to you or you're able to get to him then you're gonna leave the hospital still well, sick god, amen do you get it and i feel like that's the issue a lot of young people are leaving the church still sick 
and then it's displaced onto God when the issue wasn't God. The issue was that auntie or that uncle, or that elder, who's just a human, just like you. And you know, it's it's upsetting because I'm not gonna lie. Obviously, being in an establishment where the adults are older, it's always gonna be the sort of thing where they're more likely to get away with things, or yeah, you're like you're, you're gonna be blamed yeah. for a lot of things. So yeah. I feel like that's a big issue as well um mm-hmm. that i feel like is on the youth part and then i feel for the adults their issue is um not seeing that we can be Ghanaians and also be british and i feel like yeah. them not being able to accept that we're british for example me i was born in holland yeah but i've spent mm-hmm. what 11 years in this country so I would say I'm 100% British. I went to school. I went to primary, secondary here. Yeah. I'm you now. I'm yeah. 100% British. Did you get it? Like, <laughs> like 100% <laughs> like, When I went to Ghana, like, I was there for like six weeks and I was like, now I want to come back home. Like, I love it here. Oh my God, <laughs> yeah. Like, I went to Ghana in like 2016. I was like, okay, this is nice and everything. Like, I, like, I spent like a nice two holiday. Weeks, like, two weeks I was there. I was like, I want to go back to London. I miss everyone. I miss Honestly, my friends. I, just want to go I was like, back. I miss chicken and chips. I miss like, I miss. Yeah, I miss. I just want to go back. I'm tired of eating for, for, for breakfast. I'm tired. But the thing is, like, it was different because it's like I haven't really travelled abroad mm. like that. So I was opening my eyes to different stuff. We even went yeah. church there. Ubering. But obviously, like, um, <laughs> it was different. And I was just like, I really like this yeah. side. But at the end of the day, I want to yeah. go back home too. But it's like. I really do want to go back there. Like, I feel like I actually do want to go back. Just to... I, I actually... Go. Like, you know what it is, yeah? For me, I feel like when I go to Ghana, it's more of a holiday rather than... Yeah. Um, staying ship kind of things. Yeah. Like, settling down kind of thing. Because I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, it's a different environment. And I it's never went to school in Ghana. Like, I never went to school in Ghana. And... I didn't properly, properly go to Ghana until I was 16. So for me, like I went when I was two and then when I was 16. So for me, I never really had a long period of time or regular holidays in GH. So for me to go for six weeks was a lot. But luckily, (laughs) luckily for me, I I speak Chi quite well. So for me, it was, yeah, it was quite all right. My little sister. She was struggling out here yeah. because you know she doesn't speak to you like that because she was literally she like I can say I'm a bit Dutch but she's literally all British here, so it was you know yeah. difficult you know being able to yeah that's act like, like I'm like. really gone in. like even when I was walking around they could tell I was from the UK they said the way you walk is like somebody from abroad yeah the complexion to get it okay they definitely know. That you're definitely a British girl. Hundred percent, not brony, brony, and they can tell by the way you speak. She, even though I speak very fluently, they can yeah. tell that there's something, like, there's an accent missing. <laughs> I'll try for an accent. I'll just be like, Mel, stop, stop. <laughs> oh, do you know what I mean? So, like, it's killing us. You know, them getting over that facade that we are so Ghanaian, you know, that we have to go back to our country. Yeah, like, we're yeah. So, like, they'll be like, oh, you're too British, you're too comfortable here, you need to go and back to your country like, to know how did this happen and this happened. Yeah, it's just like... Okay. I 100% agree, because I'm thinking, like, like I was raised here, so, of course, like, you were born in GH. If they were born yeah. here, 
they would not be wanting to go to Jesus. They would understand. Exactly. Do you get it? So I feel like up yeah. until the adults like detach or the let's say the older generation detach certain let's say um cultural kind of let's say toxic elements until mm-hmm. there's a detached example you know where they only feel like respected one way that's an issue um where yeah. they feel that they're entitled to say whatever they want to say however they want to say it say. without building a relationship with you before they say it like i feel like that's yeah. okay or them be dismissive of the things that we're going through because they think of it one way and the last thing being refusing to be educated on stuff that we will know more and more about because we're studying do you more get about, it yeah they don't for example know. like but you expect us to listen to you i'm <laughs> sorry they like we like have so fun. many young people going to university to study psychology biology you know um law accounting all of that and it's like when the youth are now coming to speak things, these degrees or these people that have gone to school extensively or have, may have certain things that can help the church, they're shut out and they're silent. Yeah, because it's like they see us as yeah. still kids and they and are adults and they know it. I understand you're adults and you know it, but at the end mm-hmm. of the day, like what everyone's learning absolutely it's like they don't want to like bring the you keep talking about letting the youth join us but you're not giving mm-hmm. us that time that we need absolutely like that's the thing that we're going through now and you know not too long ago i feel like at the beginning of lockdown i was speaking to george you know george my youth leader um, youth leader. um i think like, so yeah, yeah i do i think I do. me and him not too long ago obviously me and him were talking and you know we were speaking about you know SDA coming forward and I was I was at my point where I had kind of just given up on like a point where I was giving up on SDA and also giving up on the faith mm-hmm. and I remember he said something and he was like don't let what people have done come in between you and God mm-hmm. because you need to remember yes. that God didn't That's do it. those things do you get it? yes it happened mm-hmm. to be in his building but he didn't do it. Yeah. You get it. So don't, because okay, judgment day comes now, and God asks you, why didn't you try harder with me? Or oh, because somebody said that my dress wasn't long enough in church. That's not good enough. God isn't gonna yeah. say, all right, yeah, I get you. He's That's like, all right. Come to heaven. No, he's gonna be like, nah. I would have expected you to fight more for me. I'd have wanted you to try exactly. harder for me. But having said that, in the same breath, we also need to be accountable for the way we treat each other. There needs to be a level of accountability. There needs to be, especially within the youth. And I feel like this is one thing that we've picked up Definitely. from the adults that we complain about, but we are we are basically the aunties we complain about. Where, you know, we'll yeah. be like, oh, look at what she's wearing. Look at what she's doing. Oh, she's, you know, we'll be gossiping and speaking about people in ways in which we say that we don't like it when aunties do it to us, but... If you're doing it to that girl but what is and it? she leaves the church now, God is going to hold you accountable. God is going to ask you why you were so mean to your sister, why you were not your sister's keeper. Like everything you do for your brother, you've done for Christ. So it's mm-hmm. those things where you need to see you need to see how you're treating other people. If there's an issue in your church, there's an issue between two people. Is, is it now the time for you to be doing favoritism or is it time for you to actually be looking at the issue and be trying to resolve it so the two parties are able to grow and be all right in the church? It's not time mm-hmm. for you to now to be doing uh, 
because this person's parents are this like this in the church or because this person is like this in the church we're gonna side with this person it has to be a sort of thing everything has to be done the same way you would want to be cheated fairly exactly and i feel like up until we drop those little things i've said are like toxic traits that we complain about until we drop those things and we analyze stuff that we are responsible for we're going to keep seeing young people leave not just because of the adults but also because of the youth because we have that are leaving because of adults what the adults said but we have a lot of youth leaving because of what the youth have said to them or gossips or stuff that they said and you know some people if they're not stronger than or if they're not themselves they can leave and never come back you know Mm -hmm. You be able to sleep knowing that you upset your friend so much that she doesn't want to come back to class and that you probably hindered her process because you know and nobody's checking up on them you know it's so upsetting true. so i feel like there's a level of accountability that also has to be had with the young people and the adults yeah so i feel like everybody has the thing that they can work on and it's not a one person job yeah it's not a one committee job it's not just for the youth leaders to do it's not just for the you know youth elders to do it's something that has to be done by the young people the youth leaders Mm -hmm. the the elders the pastors Mm -hmm. the conferences the adults everybody needs to play a part in this because I feel like many of the times they just tell like one committee of like youth leaders you guys make a you guys make like an event get all the youth hype get all the youth gas let's have this event yeah you know, we have this event we hell? talk about everything that we don't like and then it's like it doesn't get to the top you get it? No, it doesn't get to the top it's like us as a youth we speak about it but it's like it's never pushed forward it's never moved to the next yeah, stage where exactly. it's now the adults telling us and even when that conversation is being had it's like uh-huh. unless we have a middle person who's a young adult plus an plus a youth it's like yeah. the conversation can't be had why is it that the adults don't want to listen what is what is stopping them from wanting to listen that's what i'm saying they need to start and I, like, I, I feel like with me i, I was lucky in the sense of my my parents are very very like i'm lucky to have my parents they're on the side care about like for example mm-hmm. my parents like if I go through anything you know, they're very very understanding and a lot of people yeah. some stuff, or some of the stuff you know my parents talk about me people would never announce to their parents so I feel like well it has to be the sort of thing the parents will come and display to, in the church how they feel don't have that their parents listen to them mm-hmm. why do you think they're going to listen to anybody when they're at church listen to so it has to be a sort of thing a lot of people yeah assessing their relationships at home do i need counseling yeah do i need definitely. to sit down every friday and talk and do devotion devotion together if you want to know why i need to say how yeah. we're feeling like my dad calls me every single day like i've been at uni and he's he's stuck in GH. He's stuck oh, in GS yes. because of COVID, and for a year now. Oh, yeah. And still every single day. Yeah, I'm really? telling you for one month, for one year now. Wait, but people basically are it's because though. of the way they um they got it through an agent. They didn't get it through an airway, so agent has to get an approval. 
before they can come. She get it. So they've just been stuck there. And plus, I feel like they kind of like the extra holiday. They like <laughs> because everybody gets yeah, like, yeah, we're on this, so we're enjoying this. <laughs> and you know, but still, even though I'm at uni, they call me every single night to tell me, ask me how I'm doing, mm-hmm. if I'm feeling depressed, if I'm stressed out, if I'm okay, if I've if I've eaten. I'm doing alright. I feel like people need a mm-hmm. lot of parents and it's like, like that. Absolutely. Like, and I know sometimes parents don't have time or whatever, but I feel like you need to Honestly, get Honestly, because with your it's, child. I feel like you if you're it. a parent, and I feel like also stems from um, mm-hmm. African parenting and African culture. Because yeah. I feel like all of this stems from the culture because, like, many of yes. our parents, then, like, yeah, they never the had thing. a loving, loving, like, kind of relationship. For example, my mom mm-hmm. she just happened to be a daddy's like a daddy's girl so she yeah yeah so that's she long with her dad and she yeah. was also like able to have that kind of emotional awareness because her dad had that emotional awareness but with her mom she didn't have that emotional awareness she gave so with her mom she'll just yeah. constantly clash with my dad he was lucky to have my grandma who lived up until 110 and she was also she was always there emotionally for him so it meant my parents both when they came together, they were both very, very much emotionally available for like me and my siblings. And I feel like many parents they don't have that. They don't. They never had a parent that they connected with. It was either I need money for school fees, I need money for food, I need money for clothes, I need money for this. And then yeah. love was just providing, yeah. providing. But love is more than just providing. Love is providing emotionally, financially and you know the rest of it and i feel like a lot of african yes, parents they see um love as them providing for you for example i'm paying for the rent that means i love you no it doesn't mean yeah i'm paying for the rent exactly you're you paying for the rent that. because that's your responsibility by law you have to pay for the rent by law if you want to keep me you don't want me to go to social services you have to pay for the rent <laughs> <laughs> do you get it so it's like they're yes. saying these things like it's uh I'm doing this big thing for you, but no, it's just a responsibility. The same way being emotionally available yeah. is your responsibility. God gave you to me, like God gave me to you to look after me, not just financially, but also emotionally plus spiritually. If I can't... Mm-hmm. And I feel like African people, absolutely, they don't actually have absolutely, that emotional side. Absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like that's where a lot of... You know, there's been a like, lot of there's been a lot of stemming. I've been hearing there's been a lot of stemming divorce coming up in the here community, and I feel like that also stems from the initial love their parents isn't there. So if I'm going gonna go get married and I'm like my parents weren't emotionally stable, I'm emotionally stable. I'm now in a marriage where I'm not all my kids. I'm just providing. Uh-huh. What is that? What is exactly. that going to create? It's going to create like, resentful children. Sometimes I'm so happy that, yeah. Sometimes I'm just so happy that, like, obviously my mom mm. was brought up in Ghana and everything, but mm-hmm. she was also brought up here, and also she was very, very close with her dad, but her dad was a different religion. And then my grandma, obviously, she was SDA, mm-hmm. um, so she wasn't really close with her mom, but yeah. more close with her dad. So it was a thing where it's like she did have that love inside, but obviously the, pe- the person that my grandma is she is mm. more raised in the church like she is mm. a church freak <laughs> not that it's a bad thing no I get you yeah she's, she, she mm. pushed that on my mum so my mum obviously pushed that on us but now it's a thing as we're growing up and as my mum is learning she's still learning she's like 
yes you can be in the church you can go to church if you want to but she doesn't mm. want us to lose our faith but if it means being jeopardize that yeah make you feel uncomfortable in a way at home we can pray read your bible mm-hmm. and go about with our day type of thing uh, absolutely yeah. I feel yeah, like sometimes as sounds, I feel like sometimes the adults need to reach a point where they see not even adults parents I, I want to actually call them parents like there has to be a point where yeah, yeah. the parents have to let their children go they have to let their children be able to fight yeah. for themselves for example uh-huh. yeah definitely because if you push it on them they're going to resent it Absolutely. and they're just going to move away from it and I feel like for me thing. anyway I was raised in the church I grew up in the church but I feel like for me I didn't properly establish a relationship with until last year yeah so and even though I was See? baptized it's like time ago pushed down your throat so yeah even though I was baptized in yeah. 2019 I've never I haven't been that terrible so I feel like I got baptized in 2019 and I feel like even though I don't regret being baptized at 20 like back then I regret it I feel like there was a lot of growing Mm -hmm. and there was a lot of things I had to know that I just wanted to quickly get out of the way so that the pressure Mm -hmm. of baptizing was off me so that you know people would take me seriously because I feel like when you're not baptized they just don't take you seriously so I feel like I, I just sped up myself without doing the work and it wasn't until you know you go through certain things in life you know maybe you have issues in church until you get to a point where you're vulnerable and you're by yourself and you no longer have the church and you're able to stand on your two feet that's when I feel like you reach a point of Mm -hmm. intimacy with Christ or a level of spirituality that you cannot reach in a group 100 there has to be i feel like many people in the church because they have friends around because they have people around they feel like they're in the faith but it's not until you hit rock where things are bad that is when faith is demonstrated faith is not demonstrating when things are going right faith is demonstrating when things are going wrong mm-hmm. and i feel like many young people fear being vulnerable i fear being vulnerable i was scared as hell when i was vulnerable but you know even though I was pushed into those situations and I didn't want to be in those situations and those situations made me feel uncomfortable sometimes I'd be going to church feeling very very uncomfortable it allowed me to see okay people may leave me one day but one thing I need to remember is God isn't going to do you get it? do you get it? (laughs) honestly so until it clicked to my head that I'm going to church for myself and I'm going to church to develop myself that I was able to block out everybody that says negative yes. stuff. Do you get for other people. And, yeah. and I feel like Definitely. once you block things out and you begin to work on yourself, God just blesses you. He just blesses you left, right and centre. And I feel Amen. like for me, yeah. even though I went through that rough patch, rough patch, let me say, last year, where I was very, very low, very not into mm-hmm. God, I feel like especially now I'm in such a better space where you know even though I'm not I'm not there yet I'm still at a place where I'm able to teach others I'm able to help others I even at a point had my own ministry so you get it so it's small small things and it's not like I'm this person who knows the bible inside out it's just I have certain testimonies 
or certain things that I've gone through that yeah, I can... Yeah, that is why I chose mm-hmm. this podcast. Honestly, so I feel like if I was and to I tell all it. my testimonies from today to tomorrow, people... Like, when I tell people my testimonies, sometimes they're like, wow, how can you even want to be in God's space? How can you even want to be going to church? How can you even be mm-hmm. wanting to be in a Christian environment? And, you know, I had a lot of my friends growing up saying, oh, is that what you guys call church? You guys treat each other like that? You know, comments like that. And I feel like, you know until we yeah. uh, until we fix the issue we have within okay. the faith people outside mm-hmm. will always have a tinted view of us but the tinted view yeah. is us we are what we literally we are we should be what we preach if that makes sense but for example like if a yes. brother or sister yes, had just exactly. got, let's say they got pregnant out of wedlock you know they're pregnant or whatever what love are you going to show that brother or sister? Just because your sin is behind closed doors doesn't mean you're innocent. Oh my day. So yes, I feel sir. like that is one of my biggest things. That's one of the things that I preach the most and I speak about the most is this, this Christian thing where people feel like they're entitled or they're better than other people because they're not doing certain mm-hmm. things. But or they're doing behind closed doors. Doing and until people come 100%. to you know to come to hold them accountable, they'll just be pointing the finger at everybody. Mm. And one thing yeah. I don't uh-huh. one thing I don't do and I don't like to do is point fingers at people. Because I know where I came yeah. from. <laughs> I know what I've gone through. I know what I've done. Do you get it? I know and I own my yes. shit. Do you get it? I yes, own my exactly. stuff. I take it on the chin. I have to go through those stuff, but ultimately, I wouldn't be where I am spiritually now if I hadn't gone through those things. Those things had to mm-hmm. humble me. That's you know, they humble me within the faith and take me out of this whole. You know, when you're like in church and everything's going right, you're like I love God, I love Christ so much. You know, you're you're in the choir, yes. you're in the pathfinder, you're you know helping with communication, you're loving the church vibe. But mm-hmm. up until I was taken away from that situation, where Going to church was difficult for me, but going to church was making me vulnerable. Yeah. But going to church was making me feel uncomfortable was when I was able to see Christ for myself. You know? But yeah. it's still upsetting that, you know, sometimes you make people feel uncomfortable to come to church. You know, it's still upsetting, but it happens. Yeah. And we're all human. And we're all people. And we all see things exactly. very, very differently, you know? So um, I don't hold anything against anybody. I don't hold anything against any auntie, any youth, any nobody that did anything to me in the church no more. Because I just see it as they were coming for their healing and they offended me in the process. Mm-hmm. Gee, I'm trying to say they offended me in the process, but God is there yeah. to heal it. Because he knows that people can, you know, for example, if mm-hmm. you go to the hospital, I'm going to use this hospital thing again. If somebody comes to the hospital and they have a cold, and unless they, they're in the bed next to me or they're sitting in the waiting room next to me, they may give me that cold, but maybe they, they didn't intend yeah. to give me the cold. They didn't. They maybe didn't even know they had a cold mm-hmm. to get it. So I feel like we have to think about, yeah. once you think in that way, you're able to be more loving and more understanding and less mm-hmm. pointy fingery, if that makes sense. 100%. So it's a very self-reflecting thing that you have to be doing on a regular basis yeah 100% I agree that was Honestly, such a good topic that was good. I love that, that was so really much good. 
the effort Honestly. to get off my chest. That was I crazy. respect about it very respectfully. So if anybody is there hears about yeah. this, say respectfully. You're passing the ass. You're passing the ass. But yeah, you know. I, I honestly, one thing I'll also say is that I hundred percent love one thing. I feel like we've been dwelling about the bad things, but I feel like one good thing about being a part of a cultural based community is when things are great, things are great. You know, when you're listening, when you're... exactly. I do love that you guys do come together. Mm, you know, we have youth honestly, events. You know, you know, like me personally, oh. I am. I wouldn't really I would mm. go but I wouldn't really go but at the end of the day it's, I mm. like how you lot are all together and you guys come from different churches and whatever that's yeah, the only thing that, that sense really of community that, that sense of you know coming together to get it coming together to worship yeah you know, they, I used to yeah. love their fellowships I used to love them to get it so I didn't say about I, anything for the year apart from that <laughs> so you know i feel like especially with lockdown i feel like lockdown was the vulnerability Mm -hmm. that a lot of people needed to be able to pick Mm -hmm. up their slack and i yes yeah i think as much as it was annoying and it's still annoying i feel like (laughs) it's very annoying very it's ruining a lot of stuff but at the end of the day we needed it we did because like some people actually needed it they need to sit down and just think oh okay i need to do this i need to do that or i need to reevaluate my mm-hmm. life that's what we absolutely need. um and i'm one of those people that can put my hands up and say yes i need to lockdown too i'm lockdown. not gonna lie i feel like lockdown pushed me to work on myself the most exactly me too it pushed me to the point of having most my definitely. own ministry supporting two ministries supporting yeah. um See? you know they did some used to be thing and I was helping in the committee and I was probably the youngest person in the committee mm-hmm. and you know it was little things like that that was able to you know help me rebuild the things that I had yeah, let me say that were tainted of me yeah. and I feel like now like everybody sees I'm a happier person and I'm going higher places you get it see you yeah and once you're happy that's it, it. honestly you when you're able to be happy you on your nothing. own nothing happy is no exactly it. and now I have like a really 100%. great friendship network, you know. Not all my friends are Christian mm-hmm. today. Some of them are Muslim and, you know, and yeah, they're exactly. still able That's to be saying. like me. They're still able to, you know. And I feel like many of us, we grew up in the SD community and we limited our friendships to mm-hmm. the SD community. Mm-hmm. To the SDA community, mm-hmm. exactly. But the issue with the exactly SDA community is that everything's yeah. very, very intertwined and everything's very, very small. So it's like, mm-hmm. if you pull out one person, you may also like unintentionally fall out with 20 other people because of how things work exactly you know, everybody's that's cousin, what i'm saying everybody grew up with this person and that person do you know what i mean <laughs> it can make it very very yeah. easy to single yourself out so i feel like um yeah. when i was able to see okay i can still be in the faith and have friends that aren't sda or aren't christian but it's mm-hmm. about how I can put myself mm-hmm. and how I set my boundaries around them is what matters. For example, if you are SDA, you know you shouldn't be yes. drinking or you shouldn't be drinking excessively. You know, mm-hmm. guys, you know, I'm not going to be drinking today. I'm just going to be drinking, let's say I'm going to be drinking juice. And you hold it to the juice. You get it. When your friends are coming with alcohol, they're not going to say, yes. Daniela, take some alcohol because they're going to know 
if I go in my uncle, I'm wasting my money because I really isn't going to drink. And I feel like it's mm-hmm. up until we set those boundaries, which is, as I said, our accountability yes. is when we're going to yeah. be able to grow more. We're going to be able mm-hmm. to advance as young people in Christ. And I feel like a lot of young people, because they don't settle in their faith, before they go to university or before they go into work, it's very, very easy for them to get swayed mm-hmm. into worldly lifestyles. And oh, I feel like for yes, me especially, 100%. I got, oh, I got dashed into worldly lifestyles, you get it? When I got to uni, I got <laughs> dashed into it. <laughs> and it was so good when you, you know, when you're at your top, you know, when you're partying and you're having fun and you're doing all kinds of madness, that's when you mm-hmm. feel like life is the best, you know, you have all these people around you, you're going to yeah, every rave, and you're just, you know, sick and all of this, you know, you're having your best, you feel like you're living your best life, but it wasn't until once pressures is over, and now you have to, you're going through financial issues, you're going through emotional issues, you're going through oh, deeper God. things, that's when you're able to see, oh, this person only was with me because I was paying for the cab, this person was only with me because I was and I look nice. This person's only with me because they like to party, but there's no substance to the friendship. Yeah, I'm And I feel like for me, mm-hmm. that's where I saw a lot of friendships or people I was close to that there was no substance when there was there was a lot of substance yeah. when things were going right and when I was useful for them, but when they no longer needed mm-hmm. me or was yes. no longer useful, they're not messaging me no more. Mm-hmm. They're doing their own thing. They're they're having their own motives. They're having their own parties, and you know, I I felt that at, I felt that at uni, and I kind of also felt that in the church community as well. And I feel like that all fed into the vulnerability that I was speaking about. And I feel like, like anybody listening to this, if you're trying to get to a higher level of spirituality, one thing I would say is you need to try and disconnect and get to a point where you feel like you're not dependent on people for example an exercise i do to myself yeah. all the time is sometimes i'll drop my phone and i'll see how long i can go without touching my phone and many of times yeah <laughs> I've, learned, I've managed that i'm just like you know what? i actually don't need my phone i'm that type of person if i go out face to face you catch me there that's why mm. my time is so bad. That's why people are like, why yeah. do you have your phone? Because I know how to do it without my phone. That's mm-hmm. something I've learned. But do you know what it is? Yeah, for example, like somebody like me who's at university and I'm not in London, I can't just go out. Mm-hmm. Do you get it? If I'm going out, I'm going out to do something. Yeah, I feel like yeah. That's meant for me, especially, I'm always on my phone. My phone is my lifeline. Mm-hmm. Do you get it? And my wallet is my phone. Yeah. My Bible is my phone. Everything is my phone. Do you get it? Every form of communication is through my phone. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like for me, it was a sort of thing of up until I saw or I felt I feel like whenever I'm not on my phone, sometimes like I feel very, very vulnerable. I feel like I'm I don't have a way out into the world. I don't know what's going on in the world. And I feel like up until you exercise, do this yeah. exercise, which is very, very simple. Put your phone down, check the time before you put your phone down, leave your phone, go watch TV, <laughs> go and do something. And see how long you go before you touch your phone. To and if you're brave enough, put your signs on and see if you can do it. And I'm telling <laughs> a you, a lot of people will fail. I did like, it. Oh no, you know what? I'm telling you, I did it, and I, I literally went like twenty minutes, like twenty minutes, 
and then I felt so vulnerable I felt so vulnerable and it was such a it was a I feeling of raw like I cannot go many hours without my phone I'm so dependent on my phone mm-hmm. and I feel like that dependency is what a lot of people have with people around them or with friends and people are so scared of being alone so scared of being by themselves that yeah they'll go to any extent to make sure people are around them even if it means dropping their faith mm. along the way and you know me myself <laughs> me i'd rather live a life believing in god for him to not be there to be living a life not believing not believing in him and to get to judgment day and he's standing there i would fake i would actually fake i won't even do the judgment i'll just fake just take me just take me you get <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So I feel like we should think about everything in a very holistic, you know, deal thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I feel like a lot of things, it's not an overnight kind of job, but I feel like it's the sort of thing that is very critical. It's at a very critical mm -hmm. point. It's at a very critical point. And I feel like if if changes aren't made, anytime soon it could get to a point where there is no future especially the mm-hmm. way young people 100%. are dropping out of churches you know the i feel like the adults are so focused mm-hmm. on preparing this future for us that they forget that they haven't built the foundation mm-hmm. and the bricks are on the side you haven't exactly. even the bricks yet. <laughs> and you're thinking about this foundation you know <laughs> Many of like many of the adults are what, in their sixties, fifth sixties. You know, you guys are already at pension age. Why are you still refusing to pass down the baton for the young people to have their churches? What? Why? Do you get it? Like, and I feel like it comes from hell? an element of a lot of people. Like, for example, a lot of the adults. You know, many of them don't have degrees or you know don't have high earning positions so i feel mm, like yeah in the church that is when they are elder or they are pastor or they're deacon or they're they treasurer are, yeah, you get it? and they hold on to that yeah. let's say esteem or that title so tightly that nothing else matters mm-hmm. you know so it has to be a sort of thing they have I to agree. let go of these roles and see that these roles are just superficial roles they're, they're just roles in the church you know it doesn't add to your esteem. It doesn't mean that now you get a first class ticket to heaven. No, 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 no. They're going to be judged the same way. And you're not just going to exactly. be judged. You're also going to be held accountable because you're leaders within the church. Your actions can influence other 100%. people within the church. Because so God is going to hold you to a higher regard, especially pastors, you know. They're going to be held to a higher regard. Like, imagine if you're preaching the wrong stuff. God is going to ask you, where do I say this in the Bible? Because now people are walking around thinking that that's what the word says, but you know uh-huh. what it says. So, you know, there has to be a lot of yeah. things shifted within the faith. And respect has to be a sort of thing. I feel like pastors are... Now, don't get me wrong. I understand in, you know, the, the, the structure of churches and stuff, but I feel like sometimes too much respect or too much energy or too much resources are given to pastors that sometimes the congregation members don't get enough growth themselves mm-hmm. do you get what i'm trying to say for example a lot of people will be like oh yeah. you know a pastor will do something 
and if the, what the person's done or what the elder I don't I don't want to just say pastors in it what somebody of importance in the church has done something yeah. and then instead of holding them accountable yeah. for what they've done it'll be like they'll kind of brush it under the rug and I feel like that hurts yeah, a lot of young people because young people you know some young people have gone through abuse in the church some young people have gone through you know all kinds of things in the church and they've gone to these adults thinking okay this is a mm-hmm. safeguarding environment this is a this is a you know safeguarding is a part of christianity mm-hmm. and it's like there are so there been so many times where you hear of these stories of young people who were let down or didn't have enough safeguarding and they were put into certain situations mm-hmm. which then you know led to psychological issues and then issues now they don't want to be in church you know and exactly people need to be very careful who who you speak to and how you speak to people in church mm-hmm. because some people may not even be in a physical in, in a mentally fit place to hear certain stuff for example like there was mm-hmm. a time where i was really really yeah. depressed last year and I went to a church. I'm not going to say what church I went to. I mean, personally, yeah. And I got there, and then one of the aunties said, you know, you're wearing a lot of makeup. Like, why are you wearing so much makeup? You know, as an FBA girl, you shouldn't be wearing so much You know? And I was told that they were saying, you know. Do you know what I mean? And it was like, such a petty thing. But at the time, I was in a very, let me say, in terms of my self-confidence was very, very low at the time. And for me, even going outside without wearing makeup or going outside without wearing anything revealing made me feel like I wasn't good enough or I wasn't pretty enough. And, you know, you don't know that this young person is going through this psychological, you know, body dysmorphia or going through this thing with them. And you just feel like because you can speak, you will speak, you know. And most of these adults, I didn't even know her name. I didn't even know her name. They don't know her from anywhere. I was a visitor. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, I was a visitor. Like, you're it. So and it was like, just, you know, that could have been enough for me to not go and spiral into depression now, you know, because the way she spoke to me and the way it was in front mm-hmm. of people. It wasn't just that she threw me to the side or something. It was in front of people. And, you know, you have other aunties saying, yeah, I know her mom, I know her dad, you know, stuff like that. And it was just like, you know, you know my okay. mom. You think I didn't take yeah, a snap of my, my face and send it to my mom, and mom didn't tell me I look nice. You get it? the clothes that I'm wearing. You don't think she bought it for me? You get it? So it's like you know, there's a lot of you know adults as well. Oh, this, how can I forget this? There's another thing as well where adults yeah. they come to church and they want to put their kids on a pedestal. And they want to put their children on pedestal. They want to do what? And they want to talk down at other kids. And oh. it's the most toxic for oh all my gosh. And you know what really gets on my nerves as well is the fact that you're here talking about somebody else's oh. child, but then your child is doing so much on social media that you can't even see my love. Like, so if I speak you now, don't... you will be in the wrong. Don't play with me. Don't talk like, don't play. And me be revealing. But you don't even know what not even what your daughter is up to, what your husband is up to. You don't even know what your son is You don't even know, you don't you're thinking about me, the sons. Eh? You don't even know what your husband is up to. Do you get it? So I feel like there's a lot of things, there's a lot of things that are issues. For example, you, you know, it? I'm not going to lie, personally for me, 
the whole uncles looking at you in a funny way, trust me, it's it's not alien to me. As sad as um, it sounds, it's not alien to me. And you know, I feel like another thing that we have an yeah, issue with 100%. is victim blaming. We have a, a big issue with victim blaming. Oh. And especially done towards women. You know, where a girl will come out to say something, or let's say a girl will get pregnant out of bedlock, and the pressure or the blame or the disgrace will be put on the girl, and most of the time the man goes got free. Or in mm-hmm. vice versa, where and it doesn't just happen to the young people, it happens to the older women in the church as well. But all the women in the church are silent because their their husband is mm-hmm. an elder. So what? So what if yeah. this woman is going through some form of abuse? You need to speak about it. It's not this, this is not the time for you to be talking about account. Mm-hmm. This is not the time to be talking about culture. It's not about culture now. It's not about anything. You are going through stuff that you're not supposed to be going through. And I feel like many of times people feel like exactly. community matters more over accountability or community matters more over crime there's mm-hmm. some stuff that some people will be committing crimes in the church and people will just turn a blind eye people will just turn a blind exactly eye because like they're the this hell? person's kid or you know because you know that they're, they're, a, they're a good kid you know we have to hold tight yeah i understand that we have to hold tight but there has to be a level of accountability because if there's no accountability a foundation will come do what i want I can go and kill somebody or I can go and you know steal or I can go and have sex with anybody I can go and do whatever I want to do and nobody's going to hold me accountable because the people before me the examples weren't held accountable so mm-hmm. I feel like that's a big thing as well definitely uh, this fellowship man I don't want to go there <laughs> I don't want to go there <laughs> Maybe, maybe, maybe another day. <laughs> I don't want to get it today. I don't want to get it today. But yeah, I feel like ultimately, you know, I don't want to. I don't want this to be too long. But like, ultimately, I think it's a sort of thing of. It has to be a thing of. These things aren't overnight, and these mm-hmm. things, yeah, they may not even happen to get it in in, mm-hmm. in our lifetime. But one thing that I would encourage anybody listening to this is please, please don't let go of your faith. No matter what somebody said about you, no no matter what somebody did to you, just trust in Christ. Like, just trust God. Like, all you need to do is trust Him. Like, you don't need to go and pay £50 or for a prayer. No matter how hard it is, you lot, just don't. Don't. All you have to do is... Don't be angry at because of something that's happened in church. Don't do it. Honestly, all you have to do is go to the Bible, read your stuff, learn, get into Mm -hmm. the example. If you read certain stories, like Job's story, where God gave the devil permission to do things to him. Mm -hmm. He he lost his children, lost his wife. He lost his house. And he was still praising Christ. He was still praising God. Do you get it? And that's the sort of thing. We need to reach that point where we are willing to get to a point of losing everything and still be strong mm-hmm. within the faith. A point of where mm-hmm. we are in the faith when we're at a day of fellowship or we are in the faith when things are going right. We are also in the faith when we are depressed. We're also in the faith, you know, 
we feel lonely. We're still in the faith when our parents aren't listening to us and things aren't going, when we're in financial, you know, issues or we're having health problems, we should still be in the faith. And it's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. You're going to, sometimes you're going to mess it's up. Not. You're going to mess up. That's with any relationship. Within any relationship, you're going to mess mm-hmm. up. But it has to be, do you get up when you fall down or do you stay on the floor complaining that you fell? And that is what you need. Exactly, that's a good one. Or am I trying to get up? And if I can't get up, am I asking Christ or am I asking people around me within the faith to help me up? Or am I allowing myself to stay on the floor? And I feel like until you hold yourself also somewhat accountable for your own faith, that's when you're able to grow without being dependent on the church without complaining too much about the church. For example, me, I feel like mm-hmm. before I got my own relationship with Christ, I was complaining about the church every single day. Like what I did was I was a church critic. That's what I'm telling you, I was a church day, critic. Yeah. But once I found Christ for myself and I began <laughs> to listen to the older generation, I began to listen to uncles and uncles and young people and trying to merge the two, that's when I was able to see, okay, we all have our issues. It's not just the adult, we all have our issues, but ultimately nobody can make your relationship with Christ only you can no pastor no parent no nobody that is down to you they can give you the resources which you should hold them accountable for example if you're going to school mm-hmm. the teacher will give you the textbooks the equations the lessons to be able to do those equations but ultimately you will sit your own exam mm-hmm. And that's what you need to basically take away from this. You're sitting your own exam. Yes, they're not giving you the right resources, but sometimes you need to go and do your own studying. Go to your own library. Teach yourself. And yeah, that's it. No, I I agree with you. Now, I'm talking for you too, what the hell? You're both doing this. I think we've got like this. You're both doing this. Don't even be clicking. Come on, word, 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 word. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> click, 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 click. I actually enjoy yeah. it. I'm going to write half of what we said. But on yeah, let me shut myself out. Guys, I'm Danny. I'm also sure it's AKUAA72. Mm-hmm. It will also and be yeah, in the description, anyway. So I do this on the her. timeline. Majority of the yeah. time, I'll put quizzes on the timeline, or I'll mm-hmm. drop questions, and I'll be doing discussions. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll be promoting Christian events. So just you know, mm-hmm. give me a follow, or even message me anything, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Yeah. All of it will be in the description. Yeah, different. Oh, yeah. yeah. Click, 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 click. Thank you guys so much for listening. Even though it was long, it was very, very interesting because I enjoyed, you know, recording this Absolutely. very much. I think we might do a part two actually because I feel like, yeah, it was very mm-hmm. good. It was more that we kind of missed out, but we got everything all in one go, which is very, very good. But um, thank you guys mm-hmm. so much for watching. <laughs> I'm Mel. This is Danny. Like. <laughs> And thank you guys so much for watching. I hope you guys did enjoy. Share like it. But make sure you yeah, have a Share like. it. Retweet. Tag us. Share it. Yes. Share it as well. We want to make Let them hear this. Round to all the aunties in the WhatsApp group. Yeah. Yeah.
I let him hear it everything. No. <laughs> no, it was great. So thank you. Bye guys.